Welcome to Podball, the highest podcast in the world. In today's episode, we have Fouad Derwish, CEO of Pansport and UAE Warrior. It's going to be super inspiring to hear his story and how he built a sport into school. Let's see what's happened. What time is it? It's ball time. Welcome to Podball, the highest podcast in the world. Today, we have a special guest. Fouad, how are you? Habib, alhamdulillah, very well. Happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. No problem. It's really a pleasure. How are you? On, you see the view. Time you mentioned it. This is the highest podcast viewing anywhere in the world, I think. This is awesome. A view that I just, you know, it's like you're rediscovering Dubai. It's like it's the first time I come to Dubai. Unbelievable. Mind-boggling. Breathtaking. Yeah, I'm really lucky to have this location. I'm super happy to have you here. For, for everybody who don't know you, can you introduce yourself? Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm Fouad Darwish. Currently, I'm the Chief Executive Officer and Managing Director for Palm Sports. We like to think Palm Sports is the largest sports company in the world. I'm fortunate enough as well to have been, uh, uh, to be on the board of the Abu Dhabi Chamber of Commerce and Industry. And Alhamdulillah, I mean, previously I was a banker. I worked in banking for more than 25 years. And in the last seven years, I have had a serious transition in my career and my life where I moved from banking, investment banking, international investment banking, to running a sports company, and not any sports company. Uh, Unidiscipline Jiu-Jitsu sports training company. How you came up with this idea? Uh, His Excellency, Abdel Bin Hashmi, he is currently our chairman. He's a brother and more. It was his idea, it wasn't my idea. To be honest, I got a, I received a call when I was, I was in Tunis that time. I, was, uh, I used to see operations for the company I spoke for previously in MENA and uh, East Asia, and I happened to be in Tunis. I got a call from his excellence saying, Fouad, how would you like to work for Palm Sports? I had no idea what Palm Sports is. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll come see you. No idea what it is. That's how it happened. Wow. All a coincidence. And uh, so you're bringing Jiu-Jitsu, mm-hmm. who is like a Brazilian sport, yeah. into every school in Abu Dhabi? We try. We try. Currently, okay. we are in 126 schools. Okay. Of course, we are implementers. We are part of an ecosystem that probably dictates the largest mass sporting curriculum-based training program in the world. But whose vision is this, Sean? It's our president, his ex, you know, his highness, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed's vision. And it all started from a single sentence where he, his highness noticed the momentous improvements for one of his children after training jiu-jitsu back in 2008, 2009. And that's how the entire jiu-jitsu ecosystem began in the country. His highness, his famous sentence, if I invest in my son, I invest in my country. It couldn't be, be more benevolent. And it wasn't for his highnesses and our great leaderships. Impeccable, unlimited, overgenerous, uh, kind, personal attention to this program, we wouldn't be where we are today. Technically, we are enablers of a program, but really it's not ours. This is a national program spearheaded by our leaders. Wow. Yeah. So you brought this uh, program into the school to yeah. influence kids to do more sports. Absolutely. It's really important nowadays because, you know, we have new technology, we benefited from new technology, mm-hmm. but also there is a negative side where it's Absolutely. like every kids now have more screen time, so they have less time to practice. Back in the days, I was 24 hours outside playing the ball. Nowadays, maybe kids have less time for the ball. I was super inspired also because I came in one of your events, UAE Warriors. So I'm guessing it's one of the platforms you use from the school where you teach the kids to do this too. After you have also like a, a, a platform where 
fighter can yeah. can compete at the highest level. I was super impressed by the production level. I was super thank impressed you. by the storytelling. Can you tell us a bit Absolutely. more about well, that? Thank you, Sean. You are, you've, you've, you've said it better than I would. Thank you so much. And we were honored with your first visit and you had so many good comments. And we build on those comments. We're, but we're not an entity that are uh, chased away from negative uh, commentary or negative criticism because we believe we can only grow when one else sees things we could not do. So going back to this program, today the Jitsu School Training Program is implemented in 126 government schools. There are more than 550 government schools across the seven Emirates. Until Corona came in and out, we were training Jitsu in the seven Emirates. Our boys and girls were enjoying this great sport from the age of five all the way to 18, but that doesn't stop there. So we don't only train in schools, John. Palm Sports has strategic partnerships with the Ministry of Defense, Ministry of Interior, Ministry of Education, and several other government agencies. So today, I don't believe there's any other sporting private entity that has the endowment or the reach as Palm Sports does with its great confinement with the uh, government ministries I shared with you. So today, Jitsu in itself, it parallels the life of any young Emirati boy and girl. You start taking Jiu-Jitsu in school, you continue taking Jiu-Jitsu at the NSA, you take Jiu-Jitsu at the police academies, you take Jiu-Jitsu at the army, and so forth. So today, Jiu-Jitsu is embedded with the mosaic of the UAE culture. It has become a national sport for many reasons. I, because of time, I cannot pinpoint the multifaceted benefits of this great sport, but you accurately stated with development and technology, we have great achievements, but at an expense of many other things, or a few other things. One of them is the fabric of the family that has become many solos in each family, where kids go to their iPads, parents go to their phones, mama go to their uh, you know, uh, TV shows, everything is accessible. But you know what, we notice with the sport, and it, this could be not limited only to jiu-jitsu, but I know about jiu-jitsu, that's all I'm gonna talk about. I know about MMA, that's all I'm gonna talk about. But today, when you see our events and see the events that are done by the Federation and other jiu-jitsu competitions we do at the school, because Sean, I'm, I'm very proud to share with you, Palm Sports alone, pre-corona numbers, concluded more than 400 jiu-jitsu events per year. Per year. Hundreds of so, thousands of participants. Hundreds of thousands. But we don't talk about that because of the nature of who we train and who we work with. But one thing I notice about the sport and the growth of sport, sport in itself today is no longer a time wasted, but instead it is actually a career path hobby. It is also a norm of a familia get together because today when we do competitions, you'll see the mama, the baba, the sister, the brother, the aunt, the grandmother, the grandfather coming to cheer their kid or their lineage. And if you ask me about of many achievements that we have done and we have contributed to the sporting ecosystem in the country, of course, with the great gratitude or great leadership, because whom without their endowments in the great infrastructure we boast today, we would have never done any of this without their you know, contributions. But the, one of our most emancipating and fulfilling byproduct of jiu-jitsu training is the get-together and the unity of the family again. I'm not saying it's dispersed, but I'm sure, like anywhere else in the world, technology has managed to segregate family. But sport, and this is, I mean, I hope as many people hear us, Sport has become a serious tool of reuniting the family. And if you want a real life example, 
I tell you, like, like, I mean, we all, I mean, I don't know how many people have watched Morocco and uh, Morocco and Portugal and Morocco and Spain. I, for one, had the privilege of being uh, at the games during uh, the World Cup for Spain and uh, Morocco. And when the referee whistled the final blow, I didn't see the Moroccan fans uh, celebrating or kneeling down or hugging. They ran all to their mothers. They all ran to get that nice, warm hug they want. And this is what sports does. We want to advocate sports as not, it is important. I mean, look at our logo as a company. What is our motto? Commitment to a better life or commitment to a better generation. Or, you know, that's what we do. But also one of our byproducts is the familia union that should never be broken. Wow. It's, uh, I didn't see that as uh, that's perspective and that's inspired me so much because um, actually what I'm trying to build, it's really close to what you do. Then let's build it together. Of course, let's do it. Yeah. I'm trying to do the MMA of football. All right. By building a one-on-one -on -one format. All right. Uh, and I'm bringing that everywhere in the world to spot the best talent who doesn't have a chance to shine because of their infrastructure. They have no club, but it's super easy to play one-on-one. -on -one. As you see behind us, there is this one-on-one -on -one courts and it's don't taking too much play, place. And everyone who play football play this format. We play with one goalkeeper and we have fun together. Mm. So what I'm trying to do is to kind of expand this way to play and playing one-on-one -on -one is super easy and accessible. Mm. It's like a, a fighting event. When I see UAE for a warrior, my mind is on the fight, but I see that, oh, it can be two guys playing a ball there, one-on-one. Mm. -on -one. And when you play one-on-one, -on -one, you actually like have the chance <coughs> to, to battle another opponent And this storytelling of two individuals playing against each other is super uh, powerful. If you have one Moroccan guy versus one Algerian guy, you know, everybody will, like from Morocco will stand out behind the Moroccan guy and everybody behind the Algerian guy will stand out behind the Algerian guy. And that will create a super storytelling. So what we did, we went to all the neighborhoods in Brazil, in UK, in Belgium to find the best talent. We brought them to Dubai. And we bring uh, them the way to play in front of many people to create a super story, uh, powerful storytelling. And the fact you mentioned family, um, I didn't really see this, uh, this point before. But yeah, I imagine like a stadium, you know, with two individuals playing against each other. And after one of them winning the trophy, coming to his family and say, Absolutely. look. But the way I see technology into that, because I'm using a lot of social media, I will not gonna lie. I'm, lo I'm losing a lot. I'm using a lot of screen time. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to create content, and maybe I inspire the kids to to be on the screen. But at the same time, I want to do it using sports. So when that, I want to give them a purpose to create content, I don't want them just to do, oh do videos online to get followers. I want to tell them do videos online using these sports. <coughs> You're learning about this sport, how to master the ball, how to play against someone else, and putting online as a way to show, showcase you are here. And that's what we did. And that's, that, that's where I see the link with what you do and what we do as Urban Ball Fight. So the sport is called Urban Ball Fight one-on-one, -on -one, and this is the goal. And I see a really look, cool link with what you do. Awesome. What, what I'm asking now for you, so I'm an athlete and an artist, let's say, because I'm performing and everything. You are a CEO of a company. What's important for you as a businessman to scale a sport, you think? First and foremost, you need to see the passion 
of those believing in the sport. And the first person you engage is yourself and the team around you. So part of the success of the dissemination of jiu-jitsu, for example, is not, I mean, of course, the endowment, the unmeasurable generosity of their highnesses, the infrastructure are there, but they always have been there. And they're there for, for many other sports. But you need to have people that believe in themselves and their abilities to advocate for the sport they love. Today, Palm Sports boasts a thousand Brazilian black belt jiu-jitsu specialists. I can assure you, and I don't like boasting very much without scientific qualification to that matter, not the 1,000 jiu-jitsu coaches that work with us have the same benevolence and the same uh, determination, but they have enough benevolence and enough determination to enlist this sport in all their students. So if you ask me before we go and advocate for a sport, you have to have the proper backup team that's going to help you pass. It's like passing in a message. It's like passing in, a, it's just, uh, what, uh, it's, a, it's an advocacy. You're advocating for a belief. And sports, you got to believe in the sport. You got to believe in yourself. I think, especially after this World Cup, and I'm not saying this with any bias, the entire sport uh, contestation with one's character has become more apparent than any other time in our life. So you have to believe you have the right team to go and advocate for that sport. Then you can go to the public and I assure you, you will succeed at a rate faster than you would ever be able to accommodate because sports is an awesome way of not only educating, but also communicating. And sports have no boundaries. I can teach football to a five-year-old, to a three-year-old, to a five-year-old, to a 10-year-old, to a boy, to a girl, to an aunt, to an uncle, to a grandma, to a grandfather. So the beauty of sport, with all the advancements we live today, I don't believe has been fully utilized. Sports is not only a health apparatus we should look at, but it's also a mode of communication. It's a mode of education. It's a mode of self-perseverance and learning, and more importantly, determination. So I believe if you have all these facets together, and they sound much, but believe me, there are only two characters in an individual, you'll be able to succeed. How do you find the right people? It's not an easy task, I assure you. If I'm going to tell you it's easy to find the right people, the people are, I like to give people benefit of the doubt. Sometimes, it's me. I'm not the good person that is not a good person in the sense of good or bad in terms of piousness, but in terms of communicating or working in a team. But a single determinant that always throws me on or off on an individual is his or her ability to communicate soundly, transparently, and show me she or he have no issues with teamwork. Because the very first pillar of success for a team is the ability to work as a team. No sport in the world can succeed without a team apparatus. Even individual sports. Let's take, for example, never mind jiu-jitsu because I work for jiu-jitsu. Let's use badminton. That's an individual sport. You get the badminton player, you get the coach, the physiotherapist, the dietitian. I'm talking about Olympic level. So there's a team. There's a team contestation in every single sport apparatus in the world, whether it's an individual sport or a team sport like football or synchronized swimming or volleyball. So the teamwork is of essence. If the person have the greatest laureate or degrees and cannot communicate, 
then you don't need him. Okay. Let him go write articles in the newspaper or let her write books. But to bring them to a on-field uh, atmosphere like the ones we are in or the one you aspire to do with your football, you need to communicate. Without communication, you have nothing. For sure, for sure. And communication is key. And you all are, always learn along the way anyway. Absolutely. Even like you build the best business or you were the best sportsman in the world, you still have to improve your way to communicate. And that's what I face now, like um, building a new project. It's a mm. new phase for me. I used to be the main actor with the ball in front of camera. Mm. Now I'm more often behind the camera supporting Ozen Talent and I have to direct different things. And sometimes I, I have to manage other people. And it's also good for me to, to see the advice from Oh, but mashallah, you can juggle several balls. And to give you more uh, <laughs> attestation to what you and I are talking, how many famous football players have we known in the last 10 years that retired? Many. Have they all been able to be successful coaches? Not. No. I can play. It doesn't mean I can coach. I'm fit. It doesn't mean I can run. You know, that's, it's all, there's so many characteristics that are embedded with our DNA And I like to think something from Allah, from God. There is an instinct. Many of us are born with a drive to succeed. We don't know how to fail. Failure is not in our dictionary. And that's also important. But this is something you and I cannot control. It's from God. So you just pray you have some of them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But three wise words. You went to the World Cup? I did. Who did you support? Honestly, <laughs> I was going from the onset rooting for Portugal because I'm a diehard Ronaldo fan. I love Ronaldo. But then Morocco came. And then by whether with a control or not, you become dedicated to the Moroccan story. This is a true Cinderella story. I tell you today, more supporters are coming to football because of the Moroccan story. I went and the game I got to see, I went to see Morocco versus Spain. Inshallah, I'll be able to see tomorrow Morocco versus France. Inshallah, we go together. On Sunday. In the, yeah, maybe I'll meet you there tomorrow. So yeah, I'm, I'm praying for uh, here, you know, on air. I love Morocco. I've always did. Their story is awesome. And more important, it's an inspiring story. And not only from a sports domain. We talk about they don't give up. When you looked at the uh, group level, they were between Belgium, Croatia, and Canada, I believe. Yeah. And everyone said, ah, oh, yeah, Croatia and Belgium will, 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 will qualify. And to surprise of many, Morocco was at the head of the group. And then they beat Spain with all my respect to the Spanish team and the rest of it, with ease, with ease. And what I mean by ease, if you look at the number of uh, uh, goal attempts for the Spanish team, uh, they were minimal. But I mean, you know, bad luck for them. I'm diehard Morocco. I hope they go all the way. You, you mentioned uh, Ronaldo. What do you think about his end career? I feel it. This is my personal view. So I, I, I hope it does not in any way Uh, negate to anyone else. I believe he was not given the respect he deserves. I don't believe he has, uh, he has got from his own country what he has earned. I mean, if you look, if you go back in history, I, I like football. Before Ronaldo, we had Figo, we had different other players. How many World Cups did they qualify for before Ronaldo in the same time span? Three times. How many European or world titles they've had? Zero. With Ronaldo in the national team, they qualified to the World Cup Five times. They qualified to Europe every single time. And they won Europe. Not to mention the intangible wealth Ronaldo has brought to Portugal. So I believe his coach should really resign in anguish and go and apologize for Ronaldo, for seating Ronaldo for what could have been his last game in the World Cup. We all know Ronaldo won't be, I mean, he might surprise all of us. 
His body is fitter than a 20-year-old. But the game with Morocco, what possibly his last game should they have lost? His last game of the World Cup. Out of respect for his history, the coach should have made him start. But to shame and the disheartening of many, they did not. And to the luck of us as Morocco fans, because I know Morocco and Ronaldo would have made a change, would have made a difference. But regardless of what people say, Ronaldo is Ronaldo to me, my person for Adderweef, he is the greatest football player mankind in you. Wow. And, uh, and I hope he hears this. So please, Sean, if you know him, tell him I love him. Sorry? I hope Ronaldo hears this. And if you know him, I think you know someone with your stature we'll knows Ronaldo. The, the tell him I love him very much. Yeah, and, I, think... and I felt so bad he cried. And he shouldn't cry. We were all proud of him. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's more, it's emotional. Uh, yeah. The fact you know it's your last game yeah. and you know. And he was benched. I mean, the coach should be leave. They should not be there. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. It's, uh, I don't think even him, he thought about fin finishing his career. I, like two years ago, I thought, he had the plan, you know, also he trained his son, for example, mm -hmm. in the same way as him. So I, I think he see a vision of himself like really wide with a lot of plan. And I didn't think he, he, under, he, he saw that coming with Manchester United, no. you know, with Portugal. So like when you plan so much and you do so much effort every single day, every single minute, and you see everything fall in front of you, it's super hard to handle. Let's see in a couple of months where he will be, if it's still playing, if he, if he retire, what do you think? Uh, I, I mean, with his drive, I don't see him retiring, to be honest. He may retire from the national team, but from the little I know about Ronaldo, what I know is from TV, I wish it was a personal encounter. Uh, I don't think he'll retire. Many people say, oh, retire, go home, you're old, you're rich. But Ronaldo, I don't believe he's driven by numbers and he's driven by personal uh, acclaim. He's driven by legacy. He wants to make a legacy. And I, if we look at Europe, with all my respect to all European players, how many European players have had the global recognition as Ronaldo? I don't think there are many. If you could name maybe a handful. And Ronaldo is different than many other players. And I may be wrong, but that's my personal judgment. Uh, I'm not going to compare him with any names because Ronaldo is Ronaldo. But Ronaldo is not only gifted. He works on himself. He did not call us relegate. God gave me this gift. I can play football or I have this nice voice. No, no. Ronaldo works himself. He's dedicated. He's committed. He's someone we use as a role model for our young kids and girls. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's someone who's really changed the game of football by the fact people realize they don't have to be only good on the pitch. They have to put extra effort. And I see many players start to uh, buy some equipment for their home, for yeah. the gym or for their recovery system and inspire so many people also outside of football. Absolutely. You know, and uh, I think people also understand this uh, model to be better themselves in their own job, maybe as an entrepreneur <coughs> or as an other athlete. And that's super valuable. I also said how it's happened for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wish, the best thing I, w I wish is like he find his own way and he's Tala. happy inside. Oh, he will. Yeah. Someone like him, he will. He's too determined. And uh, so I'm asking every guest, you know, this question because we're talking about Ronaldo. I build a pitch here to build like the the MMA of football. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm trying to organize the biggest one-on-one -on -one possible. If you have to take two players, football player, put them on this pitch, the best street football pitch in the world, make them facing each other, who do you take? Uh, by f without a match, Ronaldo and Messi. And who do you think will win? Ronaldo by far. <laughs> Ronaldo is more, I, I love, I love, I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily like Messi. I think he's lucky, but that's me. But Ronaldo, is, he works hard. He's a hard worker. That's Messi a good answer. Yeah, I also personally think, personally think Ronaldo will win in the one-on-one. Yeah, on definitely. On one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, look, look at the teams. If, if you put Messi in the English league, he wouldn't survive. That's me. Sorry, I'm saying too many to 
But yeah. Messi, good luck to you, man. But <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes we have yeah. Messi fan. Uh, mm. We had Nasser who was like really a Messi fan. Mm. Today we have a really a more Ronaldo fan, and that's what we love in football. We love different opinions. But Messi is smart. Look where he went. He went from Barcelona to Paris Saint Germain. He would not go to the Italian league, although he was one, and he would go to the British league. He wanted to be a star. Ronaldo, the instinctive drive for him to achieve, would not allow him to do that. That's a good point. And that's why he will not resign. He will not retire. Sorry, not resign. You also work with another extremely good athlete, which is Khabib. Norman oh, Khabib. I love Khabib. Yeah. How course. is he? I never met him. I love really? his uh, character. Yeah. He's super yeah. inspiring because well, I don't know much about fights. You know, right. I, I I'm super into football, street football, and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I discover fight into the UFC mm -hmm. with the storytelling uh, McGregor and Khabib. Yeah. In one side, I have really good showman, which I am. I'm, I'm a showman when I take the mic. So I love this fact, like to attract the attention and do some stuff. And on the other side, I have someone super humble, but also have a really strong personality. I want to know, how is this guy? Habib, I am honored to tell you Habib is a brother by every meaning of the word. Uh, he's probably one of the most dedicated men I've met in my life. One of the most modest men I've met in my life. He is so humble, it annoys you. Too nice, too kind, very generous in his time. He will not let anyone that wants to see him or talk to him be disappointed. He is one of the few people I know that makes an effort to please as many people as possible he can in any given instant of time. And when he comes to my home, it's like my young brother coming to my home. He is not a star uh, stricken or driven by his fame. He comes in to the extent where And I'll share with you uh, minimal things. He takes his shoes off outside the door, gets in, sits, you know. He's unbelievable. Sits on the floor. And the, like, he's such a modest man. And this tells you something about his character. He's a family person. He loves families, loves kids. He's a dedicated uh, individual. I don't want to talk about religion, but he's dedicated in every meaning of the word. So when you meet Habib and you sit with him over lunch or over a cup of coffee, you will not believe this is Habib who torments people in the cage. He has this little nice voice. He speaks methodologically. And you know what? If you want to talk to a football encyclopedia, talk to Habib. Tell him who scored how many goals in, in 1976, in the World, 1978, in the World Cup, or in Mexico in 1986. He'll know. He is an encyclopedia. Very educated, very learned, self-driven. No, Habib is something else. Something else. Habib, Ronaldo, ah, they stand far like And the friends. At one point, when uh, Khabib uh, wanted to uh, retired, I yeah. saw he wanted to sign for a football club. Uh, that was that was media. No, he was playing football here at NAS, and he he likes football. And he's a I don't know if he's going to be happy with me saying this, but he's a Real Madrid fan as well. He loves Ronaldo. I'm a diehard Real Madrid fan, so uh, we have so many things. You in watched common. game together? Oh, we did. We had, we had the, I had the privilege of watching a game or two together. Yes. Definitely. And he's good at football. He's very good in everything he wants to do. Do you think he can That's play the one-on-one -on -one urban ball fight? Not with Ronaldo, no. Not with Ronaldo? No, not with Ronaldo. I love Habib, but Ronaldo would beat him. <laughs> but I'd like to see, for example, you know, you should, yeah, perhaps Habib and uh, another football figure will figure something out. But Habib would be good. He'll surprise you. He's got skills. Okay. Yeah. I would like Habib, to play with Ronaldo Habib one-on-one. -on -one. Islam, Islam, the reigning champion. He's an excellent football player. All Habib's group are football players. Okay, so let's invite them and... and Yeah. Test them. We'll get see. Habib and Muhammad Bilal from UFC. That'll be fun. Perfect. They're friends. They played football together. You let them play here. Or Habib and, uh, God, I can't remember his name. From Milan, the Dutch player. Uh, He's a friend. He's going to get mad if he sees me. I can't remember his name. Anyways. 
Okay. Yeah, but he's okay. friends with Habib. Okay, let's yeah. let's let's do that. I'm yeah. really curious to see like some one on one, and I think people wanted to see that because you know one on one is related to our childhood, our background Absolutely. because we used to play like that, yeah. and that's why I want to bring back also. It's like the fun with the ball outside of the drama and everything. I want to bring the fun, and I want to inspire every kids in the world to play football in all different forms. And that's the most important. Fouad, thank you so Habib much. Sean. It was super cool it to was. have you, super inspiring. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. If you guys want to see another football episode, click on the square right here. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel and I see you next time for the next episode. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you, that was awesome by the way. That thank was you. cool, that was cool. Super.